Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are listening to As a Woman, Episode 36, The Productive Life. In this episode, I'm talking all about productivity. How do you get things done? What are the skills that you need to become successful? What is The Productive Life? Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hi, friends. Welcome back to As a Woman. You are listening to episode 36, The Productive Life. Now, a few disclaimers. One is that I'm a little sick right now, so if I don't sound my best, forgiveness. Thank you. And number two, this is something I am still working on myself. Very often, some of these episodes are just what is on my heart, and I'm sharing it with you. I'm no expert in productivity. I am by no means the most productive person, but I'm sharing what I have learned over the years with you because I do think there are some skills you can use to make yourself more successful. And number three, the real women who we should be asking, how do you do it all? It's not me. I get asked this all the time. It's probably one of the top questions I get asked. And that's, how do you do it all? How do you balance it all? Oh my gosh, you have so much stuff going on. I don't know how you do it. But really, I loved that Sarah Jessica Parker, she was at Blogger recently, and what she said, that is what really resonated with me. So there's a quote from her from the Blogger Creator Summit, and she said, how do I balance it all? How do women in the country who are working two to three jobs with little to no childcare fair working wages, support from our government, how are they doing it, not how am I doing it? Yes, girl, yes. I just agree and resonate with that so much because the truth is I am at a stage in my life now. I am done with my training. I make money. I am married to a loving, supportive husband, and I have resources. My kids go to preschool and have a nanny. My husband works from home and can help out. His mom lives in our town and helps us a ton. I am not the person who really is balancing it all that you should be so impressed by. That doesn't mean that there aren't skills you can learn to whatever stage of life you are in. But let's just take a moment to really acknowledge the fact that I'm in a place of privilege when it comes to this. Yes, I've worked hard. I've had my own hurdles. My life is not perfect. I have my own challenges. I share tons of it with you very vulnerably and openly. But the truth is, there are women in this country who are balancing so much more, and the worries that face their world every day are nothing like the things that I have to worry about. I don't worry about getting food on the table for my kids. That's never really crossed my mind. I know that's not a worry for me, but that's not the life that a lot of people live in our country. So I'm just saying all of that to be when I come here and talk about the productive life and how am I so productive— 
please understand that privilege does come from hard work and opportunity. It doesn't take away the fact that I'm lucky to be where I am, but I've also worked really hard to be here. But the women we should be supporting and encouraged and inspired by the most are the ones that we don't see. They don't have time to record a podcast in their closet. So if we see those women, let's make sure that we try to retake back the tribe mentality. I was on a walk today with one of my friends in the neighborhood, and she and I were talking about how hard it is to be a working mom. And we both know we've got support, but just the daily battles. I mean, I had a very short maternity leave. I went back to work. I'm not sleeping at night because the kids aren't sleeping because newborns don't sleep. And I'm operating and taking care of patients and similar experiences as she had where her kids weren't sleeping and you're having to act like nothing happened, right? Pump in the car or in secret, still get all your work done. And it's just a very challenging environment to be a working mom right now. And wouldn't it be great if we could be a village again? Isn't that how mothering was supposed to be? That's why people lived in villages or communities and all the people helped you with your baby. You know, here, hold my baby. I'm going to go to the river and take a bath. And it was just a communal sport of raising children that we have lost in modern society. And I just think that we need to look at the mom in the grocery store who has the flat face and is struggling and say, you're doing great. I've been there. Keep going, mom. Good job, mom. Whatever it is, sometimes we need to break down those barriers and support and encourage each other because it's really hard to be a working mom in today's world. Okay, so now that we've accomplished all of those things, what does it mean to have a productive life? Well, I think the first thing that's important to know is that everything takes time. You can't just expect something to happen because you want it to. And I know that sounds easy, but the truth is most of us want to get to a place, but we don't want to do the work that it takes to get there. And we don't really want to understand the time that it's going to take. And that's just a hard fact. You can't say, oh, that's too hard, so I'm not even going to include it on the list if it's something that's important to you. So understanding that forward progress is really what you have to focus on and not getting there as fast as possible because the journey is part of the important work. And when women come to me and tell me their dreams or I ask them what's something they love or what are they passionate about or what is your goal, I very often find that women answer the question with a caveat. Oh, I want to start a nonprofit, but I just don't have enough time. But I don't have enough time. But I don't have enough time. That's what I hear all the time. And the truth is, you don't have to move the whole mountain in once, but you do have enough time if it's really your passion or something that's important to you. You just have to start finding the time. Okay, so you need to find the time. We can all agree on that. But let's start before there. I have always talked about my life planning document on this podcast. It exists. It's on my computer. And so many people say, well, what is this document? How do I have one? Can you send me the outline? I want to I buy it from you. Is there a downloadable? No, girls. It's legit a blank word document where I write down all the things in my life. I just write them down. They are just there. Sometimes it is thoughts or ramblings or musings. Sometimes it's goals and big to-dos. A lot of times I go back and reflect and really start to focus in on what I want to accomplish So it's simple. I date it. It's partly journal. I go in and I write the things that I'm feeling or things that I want to accomplish and I make lists. And this is where I really 
put down and think about what do I want to accomplish in this life? What are my personal and professional goals? What are my passions? Am I doing anything to get me there? And what is holding me back? So I really am starting to kind of hone in on why can I not accomplish these things that maybe they're big dreams of mine. And I've always said, I can't write a book. I don't have the time. You're just going to let that dream go unless you start carving away little amounts of something to get there. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Apostrophe. With the temperature starting to warm up, I'm so excited the summer is around the corner and getting ready and looking forward to the summer months. But I know that when I'm outside, enjoying nature, I need to pick up supplies to prepare myself for summer adventures. And if you want to get your skin glowing in time for summer, it's time for you to get started with Apostrophe, who is sponsoring this episode. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. So whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. I personally love that you get access to an expert dermatology team, a tailored treatment plan. It's simple to sign up for your first visit, and there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash A-A-W when you use our code A-A-W. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click get started. Then use the code A-A-W at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Oh, I can't start a nonprofit. I can't raise money. I don't have an idea. I can't make a website. Guys, I couldn't make a website. I have a website that I run now. I didn't know how to record a podcast. Recording the podcast and I edit it myself. It's not that hard. We learn new skills all the time. We let fear hold us back way too often. And fear of so many different things. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of looking like a fool. I'm afraid of not knowing what to do. I'm afraid I don't have the time. I'm afraid I won't be any good at it. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. There is no time for fear. I really do mean it. We don't have time for fear in our lives. Fear is a normal emotion. When you feel it, what you really should be feeling is, oh, I'm a little afraid. Is that because I really want this? Something that I want and I'm afraid maybe I won't get it or be successful or accomplish it? 
and then let that fear be the fuel for you finding a plan and figuring out how to get it done. So I think key number one to living a productive life is being honest and true with yourself about what your goals are and setting goals. There's no way to accomplish them if you don't write them down. And you've heard this before as I have other episodes on goal setting. I have a goal setting workshop. I'm always asking you, what is your goal? Because you can't get there. Nobody's going to just give it to you. You can't get there if you can't identify it. So identifying it, something tangible, what is it? So you have to start there. That also means you need time to figure out what your goals are, and then you need time to start working on your goals. You're going to need time. I think the key to really being productive and living a productive life is multifaceted. So one, you got to know what you're working for. You got to know. For me, because I love being super vulnerable, professionally, I want to educate women. I want to inspire women to live to their full potential. I want to break down barriers for infertility and promote fertility awareness so women are empowered to make the best decisions for them. And I want to do that on a local level in my office, 60-minute visit day-to-day. And I want to do that on a bigger scale where I can touch more people with a bigger stage. That's a huge passion of mine. You should know that if you're listening to this. Personally, I want to raise good kids. I want to have a strong marriage. I want a simple and gracious feeling in our home. I want to enjoy the little moments, and I want to experience the world with my family. These are kind of the big things we're looking at. And life is short. You can accomplish anything you want. You've just got to first identify what it is you're wanting to accomplish. So whether that's a blank Word document that you title Life Planning and leave it on your desktop, whether it's a blank journal or something else, you got to start somewhere. The second is the key to being productive is to look at one given day and be very realistic. You have to know what you must get done, what you want to get done, and what would be great if you get done. You got to break it down day to day, and there's some real beauty and routine. Not that routine is fun, like you don't want to do the same thing every single day forever, but routine is, becomes effortless, guys. That's really beautiful. When something becomes effortless, you stop stressing about it. So I'll give you a great example. If on your list and probably in mind somewhere that I didn't even mention to you is to be healthy, not just to be healthy because I want to be healthy or not to be skinny because I want to be pretty, but I want to show my kids what a healthy life looks like, that eating fruits and vegetables are good, that mommy works out and takes care of herself because I want to live and be around for a long time. I want to be a good example for these kids, and I want to experience as much of their life as I can. And I can't do that if I'm sick or if I'm not healthy. So that, to me, is one, setting an example for them, making health and wellness a part of their life from a young age. It becomes the norm. They don't question it. What's mommy doing? Oh, no, of course mommy's working out. And I want to be around. That is important to me. They are important to me. I want to be here to experience as much as I can. So that's a goal. I mean, I think a lot of you might feel that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want to be around too for my kids. But how are you going to accomplish that if you just eat hot Cheetos and ding-dongs and don't work out and you drink Dr. Pepper? Seriously. So stressing about when to work out or what you're going to eat, that's an obvious stressor. So the beauty of routine is you can say, I'm going to wake up. 30 minutes earlier, and I'm going to work out for 20 minutes. 
I'm going to write in my journal for five minutes, or I'm going to wake up an hour earlier, or I'm going to start bringing my lunch so that I'm not tempted by the donuts in the break room. So I'm going to pack my lunch every night. And then during that lunchtime, I'm going to get some other things done. I'm going to answer my emails. I'm going to work on my new web course. I'm going to use my time really efficiently so when I get home, I'm not doing that stuff when I could be playing with my kids because that's another goal, to be present and be around. So routine helps. So what's the routine that helps me? One, waking up before work and working out. Otherwise, I start wondering, am I going to have time to work out? Can I work out over lunch break? Will I work out when I get home? It's important to me. I want to do it. So now I just get up earlier and work out then. Many of you who follow me on Instagram know we got a Peloton, which I love. It's amazing. I'm not selling Peloton, although I would totally sell them or be sponsored by them because it's been a game changer for me. I can work out while my kids are asleep. I don't have to leave the house. It takes minimal time. I can do a workout as short as 15 minutes, as long as 90. Whatever I have to give is something, and that's more than nothing. Other friends have similar loves with things like Beachbody or apps that get you to work out in your house or BBG or a home gym like Renee. I mean, oh my gosh, who hasn't seen Renee's gym? At Dr. Renee Paro, if you don't follow her, just do it now. But the point is, if something's important to you, you got to make it happen. You got to fit it into your life. Going to a gym is not fitting into my life where I am right now. Stage of life I'm at is I have little kids. So being able to work out in my house helps me accomplish it. You need to figure out if your health is a priority to you, and it should be. What do you need to be healthy? Doesn't mean you have to spend a ton of money on it. But figure it out. Figure out what will work for you and start making it part of your routine. So routines matter. Start packing a lunch if that's something. That's also key for me. And then start figuring out little pockets of time. Is it before work? Is it over lunch? I personally, guys, love to get to work early. I hate being late. I hate starting to see patients late. So I'll work out when my kids are asleep, get ready, go to work, and have some time to answer emails, plan out my day, know what I have in front of me. What do I do on a day-to-day basis? So besides taking away the stress of decision-making, what am I going to eat for lunch? Where, when am I going to work out? Because the default answers are, I'll eat whatever junk is here and I won't work out because I don't have time. Those are already made for me. I have a moleskin notebook that I use day-to-day. So essentially how I use it in my day-to-day life is I don't have a a planner. I don't have a planner. I used to be a paper planner person like hardcore. I lived and breathed for my planner and I carried it everywhere. If I had lost it, it probably would be the end of the world. But that was not very efficient, meaning every year I'm writing the same people's birthdays into the planner, having to write out things by hand, and just realized there's a better way to do this. So I live and breathe by my Google Calendar. Google Calendar. We've got, I've got my work one connected to it. I have an Instagram one. I call it NCMD. That's just all my other side gig stuff. We have a family one that we share. And like all the things go on the calendar. All the things. So that's super helpful. Ballet lessons, gymnastics, where do kids have to be? When is school off? People's birthdays, just put it under their contact and it automatically populates up. Work meetings that I have, conference calls, that basic stuff gets populated in. So I already know, where am I going for lunch if I have to market? 
what kid lessons are there to do, who's doing what. I'm not hunting for it later. Any appointment I make, it goes right in there. And I'm not saying you have to use Google Calendar. I don't care at all what your system is, but you need a system. So for me, life planning document, all my goal setting, that happens in Word. I type it all out. The appointments and things in our life that aren't routine day to day, that goes on the Google Calendar. And that's how Jason and I communicate with things. So I have my three different calendars, all populate up, super easy. It's color-coded. Who doesn't love that? But that's all electronic. And then day-to-day, I use just a plain moleskin journal. So plain notebook. It's not dated or anything. And this is my daily to-do list. The truth is, I am balancing a lot. I've got my doctor job, my mom life, all my other things, meetings, this podcast, other projects I'm doing, and I'm trying to keep track of all of it at one time. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. They're essential and Ritual knows this. I choose Ritual Multivitamin every day because it is easy to take and I know that I am getting high quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. In fact, Ritual conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy, and the results showed increase in vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. No my shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. So what I do is I have a page and a full page is for one day. So I usually will write M at the top for Monday. And the first part of the page is my doctor job. If I'm at work, that's job number one. So anything that has to happen for the doctor job that day, put in IVF protocols, sign off labs, call this patient, and then labs or patients I'm going to see, I write all their names down. So I write on the name of every patient I'm seeing that day because after I see them, then I can make a note. Do I need to follow up on this? Do I need to do this? Do I need to send a note to the referring OBGYN? I prep all my patients' charts at least the night before. So when I prep their chart, I make the list. So actually, on Sunday, I'll do Monday. I don't work Monday, so it's a bad example, but On Monday, I'll do Tuesday. So I'll log in to our EMR and I'll write my next page Tuesday and I'll write all my patients that I have. And then I look through the charts for all the new patients. So if you're coming to see me as a new patient, girl, I know all about you before you walk in the door. I'm reading all the notes that your referring doctor sent. I'm reading what you filled out in our EMR. I'm looking through all the labs. I'm putting that all in. I'm skeletonizing out a plan to try to make us as efficient as possible. So I have my list of patients, and after I've prepped them all, I put a little check mark next to them. Then after I see them the next day, after I've seen you, if there's anything I need to follow up on or make sure that happens, then I'm putting a little note next to your name. And if everything's done, I just draw a line through it. So at the end of the day, I know, hey, I gotta have all these patients' lines crossed out. I can't leave any loose ends for these people That's not good. That's not being a good doctor or taking good care of them. So that's the top half of my page. On the bottom half is what are my other to-dos? So that is super variable day to day. It's a list of 
all the other things. I have a phone meeting with this person. I need to send an email. I need to sign this contract. I need to post on Instagram for this collaboration. I need to write a blog post, need to record the podcast, need to do this interview for the podcast. I've got a haircut at four. Campbell has dance at five, blah, blah, blah. All the things go on the second half of the page. And very similarly, ooh, I love drawing that line through them. So when they're done, the line goes through. And then the next day, I have a next page. Usually the start of each week, because I don't work on Mondays, I make kind of a master to-do list of all the things that need to happen for that week. So on my Monday, there'll be things like prep patients, record podcast, upload podcast, write blog post, all these different things, go to doctor's appointments. But then I also will say, like, what are the things that need to happen this week so that I make sure in my Tuesday through Friday, I'm putting those things in places. So when I'm looking, okay, what do I have to get done? And I carve out time for this. So I do a lot of this over my lunch. Sometimes I will stay at work like 30 minutes extra if I get done at a normal time and all my work to do's are done and we still have the nanny at home with the kids. Then I'll sit there and type out emails or get some of my other things done. And then I'll do more when the kids are asleep at night. So I really view that hour after work, I mean, it's more than an hour, but that time after work until the kids go to bed, that's really precious to me. You will see like all my AHSM friends when they try to put a conference call in that time. Yeah, I'm not making it. That's my time for my family. And I don't want my kids hearing me doing a lot of things all the time. I don't want them to think I'm always doing other things and not present with them. I really want to be present. They bring so much joy to my life. It doesn't mean never, but for the most part, that's really protected time. It's got to be something super important to go into there. And then I'll do more stuff once they're asleep. So I'm constantly balancing. I try to do less on the weekend because it's such a good time with them, but doesn't mean nothing. Sometimes when they nap or... I'll tell Jason, I really got to get this writing done and I'll take some time and carve it out. So you have to have a way to get things done if you want to be productive. I'm sharing with you my way. It by all means doesn't mean that it's the only way. It's just the way that has worked for me. And so that's a combination of having big goals and knowing what they are and having them be very tangible. How are you going to know if you accomplish that goal if it's not something that you can measure? How do you know if you're really educating women? How do you know if you're inspiring them? What does that mean to break down barriers? Like what tangible things do you want to accomplish that help you know that those goals are real to you? And goals are not all professional. Personal goals matter probably even more. You have to make time for your marriage, date nights, counseling, whatever it takes. You got to make time for your kids if you have them. The little things matter to them. So you got to be present when you're with them. You need to sometimes be able to be the one to go to ballet to take them to school. That's really hard as a working mom. You've got to have an employer or run your own show where they really respect the fact that that's important to you. And you're not going to be a good employee without that component of your life. That's hard, guys. You also need to be able to have time for you to get done the things that are important to you. That's none of this is easy. Life is not easy. It can be, but then is it as rewarding as it could be? You are all capable of really, really great things. And the goal to being productive is to be okay accomplishing a little bit every day. You're not going to write the whole book in one day. That's not going to happen. You're not going to write a whole chapter in one day. 
You're going to write it over time. You're going to carve out little bits of time. What is it that everybody says when Beyonce performed at Coachella, a two-hour show that she worked nine months for it? She totally revamped and changed her life because doing that show was so important to her. That is goal setting. She also was, one, already fabulous to start with, and two, knew it was going to take her a really long time to get to where she needed to be. So she worked for months and months and months. That's what it's going to take. You want to build a social platform and reach people. You want to have a YouTube channel like Danielle Jones, who is the funniest person, and she is secretly educating everybody about women's health. I love it. It's going to take time. You want to run a marathon? It's going to take time. You want to open your own business? Going to take time. You want to go to medical school? It's going to take time. These things all take time. So understanding that so you don't give up. I hear all the time, we'll use weight loss. You want to lose weight? It's going to take time. And patients tell me all the time, I tried that for a couple weeks and it didn't work, so I gave up. You can't give up. If something's going to take a long time, perspective is understanding that it's going to, you're going to have good and bad days. It's going to go back and forth. You're going to take three steps forward and two steps back. That's what it takes to get something done. You are going to fail. Everybody fails. I think Rachel Hollis even said she's got these amazing rise conferences that her first one, she went into debt. Not enough people showed up. She had no idea what she was doing. And now they, of course, make her tons of money. But if people who are very successful by all metrics that we know understand it's going to take a long time to accomplish something and fail, then we need to be okay knowing that's going to happen to us too. And we can't give up just because what is expected actually happens. If something is probable and that's where we fall, you're probably going to have some step words back. You're not going to achieve your goal day one you try to achieve it. It's probably going to be hard. You can't give up when the most probable thing happens. You have to have perspective that this is a journey. It's going to be long. It's like a marathon. There's going to be easy parts and hard parts, but you got to keep going, chipping away a little bit at a time. So to me, my life planning document is the big stuff. I usually write in it at least once a week whenever I feel inspired. Two, Google Calendar for us, that kind of saves us as a family. So we keep track of what everybody's doing and don't miss things. Three, a way to stay accountable every day. You better believe working out is one of the things I cross off on my to-do list. So you've, I've got the things I need to do as a doctor and I've got the things I need to do as a wife, mom, person. So I can mark them all off and keep myself accountable. Number four, I'm a huge believer of working when you're inspired when it comes to creative work. If you're in school or training, that's not always a luxury that you have. But I'm surely not at the point in my life where I try to write for the blog, the Instagram, my book, the podcast, recording it when I don't feel inspired. I'm letting my intuition lead me for when I feel creative and that's when I try to give into those moments. And so some things will stay, oh, it was on Tuesday's list and now it's moving to Wednesday because I didn't feel like writing that day, so I didn't write a blog post. That's okay. Number five is give yourself grace. You will fail. You will make mistakes. You'll make progress and you'll go backwards. Giving yourself grace is understanding that you don't have to be perfect. It is going to take time to accomplish your goals. 
and it is okay to fail. You just can't give up. Expecting perfection, expecting things to come easy, that's not any way that you're going to be productive. This is where perfection can actually hold you back from productivity. I see this in my five-year-old. She's coloring and she gets out of the lines and it gets her so upset that she wants to stop completely or restart over. Her desire to do it perfectly is holding her back from accomplishing anything. So you've got to understand that giving yourself grace to know it won't always be perfect. Yes, you will fail sometimes. Yep, it's probably going to take a while to get the job done. And be okay in that place. Be okay knowing that sometimes your best isn't good enough. You just got to keep giving. You got to keep chipping away and know that you'll get there eventually if you don't give up. I'm going to end this by saying that my little sister, Megan, she's eight years younger than me. She's the one who encouraged me to get on social media and start that Instagram account in the first place. So by all measurable elements, she's really changed the direction of my professional life because she encouraged me, inspired me, told me I could do it. There's no reason you can't do this. You are smart and have learned tons of skills. You can learn this too. And really pushed me past where I was comfortable and pushed me into the fear so that I could accomplish some of these things that are really amazing and important to me. She's got her own podcast and it is not so coincidentally titled The Productive Life. That's the name of her whole podcast. And she is an entrepreneur who started out getting a master's, kind of going down the business route. And she changed gears to be an entrepreneur. And she started by being a virtual assistant and doing design work. And now she's really paving the way for entrepreneurs in the virtual space when it comes to courses and online teaching. And she has her own podcast. And as I said, it's called The Productive Life. And this episode is my take on The Productive Life. Her podcast is hers and it's much more detail. You can go check it out sometime. It's in all the normal places. But I just wanted to give an ode to her since I titled this episode after her whole show and just say how much she's changed me by being that voice behind me, pushing me into the fear. And I hope for some of you, I can be that voice for you, pushing you outside the fear and helping you get on a pathway, leading you to be productive and accomplishing your dreams. As always, I'm so thankful for you. Thank you so much for listening, downloading, sharing, rating, reviewing. I can't tell you how much it means. Please feel free to follow me on Instagram at NatalieCrawfordMD or check out the blog, NatalieCrawfordMD.com. And just want to say a huge thank you. Hey guys, welcome to The Collective. I'm Brian Halfrich, a 26-year-old bioethics PhD student and clothing brand CEO. Welcome to my podcast where we talk all things health and wellness, navigating your 20s, and becoming the best version of yourself. So sit down, play that episode, and join The Collective. <laughs>